Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live, and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license. It's your career. It's your job. It's your reality. And it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done. And this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on. Thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Natalie Dietrich, your host for the CareerWise Nurse podcast. And today we're going to talk about the role of the research nurse. This is an introduction. I'm certain I won't be able to cover everything you want to know. But I want to talk about this today because I said in the end of December that I wanted to feature roles that allowed nurses to move away from the bedside and not have to go back to school to do so. So the research nurse role is an in-depth role. It's a specialty practice area of nursing that allows nurses to use their skills and still be connected with providers, other nurses, and patients. The skills you would be using, there's a lot of them. But right away, I think about assessment. And you may be doing a lot of taking history and asking specific questions. Also, finding out about side effects or symptoms that someone may be having and capturing that information and lots and lots of teaching. You're going to be teaching the patients. You're going to be teaching the people that are giving treatments and making sure everyone knows what needs to be done for the patient when they're on a clinical trial. So just in the very beginning, I want to describe the role in terms of the setting. It can be a lot of different settings, but I think about your role as a clinical research nurse being an outpatient role. That's what my experience was as a clinical research nurse. And it is usually a Monday through Friday role. You can even work part-time. I used to have Wednesdays off. I mean, a little bit of planning, it worked out really well so that if I wasn't there, people could cover for me or we could arrange for patients to have follow-up with me to learn about a clinical trial opportunity on the days when I was at work. I worked in an office. I worked with other nurses. I worked in a healthcare system that had doctor's offices who referred people for studies from community, their community offices. So I had to go out to the doctor's offices because not everybody was located in one place. I liked that. I liked seeing daylight when I was at work because when I worked in the hospital on nights or days, sometimes you didn't have time to look outside 
let alone get out for some fresh air. So who could get a job as a research nurse? Well, when I did a search on the internet for clinical research nurse jobs, you could look up clinical research nurse, clinical trials nurse, clinical trials coordinator, lots of ways that the term is used to find nurses for supporting clinical trial activities. There's a lot of opportunities out there. And I always refer to oncology or cancer care because there's a lot of cancer clinical trials that I've spent time working on in my career. But I also think about cardiology, endocrinology, neurology, urology, lots of areas where research is being done and they need nurses to support the process. Dermatology as well. Just search clinical research nurse and see what comes up. I saw two to 3,000 jobs in different headlines for Washington, D.C., 300 jobs in Northern Virginia for research nurses. I didn't dive deep in those into those, and some of those I would never even consider. So you have to look closely. But what I did see were clinical research nurse jobs from a hospital system I worked in recently. And it said for clinical research nurse one, it didn't even require previous research experience, and you needed to be a nurse for a year. So if you want to get away from the bedside, you haven't been a nurse for very long, you might still be a novice RN, but you want a little bit more predictable schedule, or you want to work during daylight hours, so your nights and your weekends, your holidays are are mostly free, clinical research nursing is a great opportunity to consider. And what I saw from my searches was, as you have more experience, you get paid more. Also, there is a certification. There's more than one certification you can get as a clinical research nurse. It is a recognized practice specialty, and the learning opportunities are without limit. So the setting, I said you may be part of a hospital, but you go out to different places in the community. Maybe you're able to do a lot remotely. And patients might have to come to the hospital where you are located to do more screening or to meet with you. And and that's good because you have a lot of variety in what you're doing in a given day. And you may have a lot to coordinate for these patients who are interested in proceeding with trial participation. You're going to be working with the physician investigator, and they are really the person responsible for what goes on in the clinical trials activities at the place where you're located, where the, the doctor practices, because they they have accountability as the investigator to uphold all the standards of the trial. But you really work together as a team with the doctor to carry everything out. You are a detailed person and you become the expert for everyone involved in the research process. Everyone is accountable for holding up their part of the their role, but you really do become the coordinator and you tie everything together. You might be working with lab because there's lab testing that has to be done. Uh, you're going to be in touch with pathology. In terms of oncology trials, you have to get tissue samples if the patient consents to that. And it's usually samples that are already in pathology that need to be sent off for additional research or other studies that the patient consented to. Really doesn't affect the patient, except for you have to go collect that sample, like the paraffin block, the piece of tissue that's already prepped to be sent off. You work with the pharmacy because if this is a treatment trial, there's inventory management and tracking of any study supplied treatment agent, oral or infusion. So working with pharmacy becomes part of your role. Uh, I said lab, pathology, 
um, pharmacy. There might be other people that are part of the process for the patient's treatment. So you're going to be coordinating with them. And I always talk about the nurses that are doing the treatments. In some clinical research nurse roles, you, you may be where there's a dedicated research clinic and they're doing the research treatments in that specific space. Other times you're working with offices or clinics where infusions are done or treatments are done where everyone else gets their treatment. So you support the nurses because they have a lot going on in any given day. I'm thinking about outpatient roles. But then when there's research going on, there may be maybe other things that need to be done. So that might be you going and meeting the patient when they're going to get treated, or you going to help the nurses that will treat that patient know exactly what they need to do. You're there to support the research process, and that means supporting the people working with the patient directly. It really is satisfying because you're there to support your own colleagues, and all of this adds up to making progress in healthcare. So in addition to working with a lot of different disciplines and people that are part of the research process, there's the work that you do to collect information and enter the information you collected into databases or to get things documented that are related to the clinical trial. And a lot of this may come from the patient's chart, electronic, um, outside reports, and so the data entry, that's part of your role. And you may have support, including clinical trial associates that are not nurses that work in research, but you are going to have some time where you're going to need to sit down and be at the computer and do your work. You're going to be documenting your interactions with patients, whether they're still considering the trial and you've done teaching, or whether they're on the trial and you're doing your interactions with patients as part of the, the trial process. The clinical trials may be for treating a condition, and I mentioned oncology, cardiology, urology, neurology, endocrinology, and even dermatology. That's not a full list of where research is being done. But also, you may be, you'll be treating people who have an illness or a condition, and for that reason, they've been recommended or considered a clinical trial. You also may be working with people who are seeking participation in research for prevention, and there are prevention trials, especially I think about oncology, that have changed how people are treated if they're high risk for a certain cancer type. Like I said, I'm not going into detail about specific treatments, but prevention treatment, prevention trials and treatment trials may be something that an office does simultaneously as part of what, what they do in research. And I haven't really mentioned nursing research or nurse scientists. This is really a talk about biomedical research, treating stage one breast cancer, treating colorectal cancer, treating cardiac conditions, heart disease. But with one particular study, there may be sub-studies. And I said tissue studies, where you send off a part of the tissue that was already collected at a time earlier, like when the person was getting a diagnosis, or blood tests extra blood is drawn and it's sent off, processed and sent off to a lab where the study has research going on in a lab. Also, you might find that there are other questionnaires or surveys that people who participate in research are asked to do. When they sign the consent as part to 
go forward in the study. They may opt in or out of other quality of life studies, questionnaires, surveys. And you will hold responsibility for making sure that those timelines are known and even that they get done. It just depends exactly what your role is in as to how much you're involved in that. But there's a lot of involvement with patients in terms of getting them to do everything that they agree to do and getting information on people's experiences from a treatment, during a treatment, or after a treatment, is information that is meaningful. The protocols are designed, or the clinical trials, the studies are done by different people, and it's largely medical, but quality of life studies may be done by neuroscientists, and those may be secondary studies that are really embedded into the main big trial. So it doesn't show up that way, but a lot of the sub-studies are quality of life, symptom management, and that's where I think nurse scientists come into play in the work I've done as a clinical research nurse in the past. So research needs to be ethical and the patient's protection comes first. So when you go to have a research role, you get hired or you're looking into it, human subject protection is really protecting the patient. And that comes first. So when you're looking at the jobs, you might find that you want to read a little bit about uh, research or go back to what you learned in school. There's landmark documents that talk about groups that were vulnerable and not treated well in research. Really, you are there to advocate for making sure the patient's fully informed and you do this in collaboration with the team you're working with who is in contact with the patient. Studies go through institutional review board review and they must be approved. So you may be familiar with the IRB in your organization and the different protocols when they are revised, when there's revisions to the study, they go through review to be sure that the interest of the individual who will participate is acknowledged and protected. So the ethical piece of research also is something that you have in mind when you are working in clinical trials. So in any given day, you may have meeting with a patient, meeting with a doctor's office or the investigator, the doctor, meeting with the research team in your office where you work to determine where you are in terms of data entry and different studies, what's going on with how your office operates for a particular study, new studies coming up. What is it going to take to get that study open at your site so that new patients can be screened and enrolled? Because what happens is doctors may know of studies that they want to have available to their patients. So they're going to hurry up and they're going to say, let's get this open. The process to get studies open as they go through review review, and you get ready to implement them so that you can be sure you have everything in place to get people on that study or screen people for that study. It's a lot of different people involved and it takes time. So in addition to current people on study, you're going to have always new studies that may be coming down the line to be available. Well, how do you keep all that straight? You have your protocol guide. It's electronic. It's literally a manual, and it talks about everything you need to know about that study. And it gives you the objectives, the primary endpoints, the secondary endpoints, who's eligible. It'll have a schema, and then it'll go into greater detail for every single section It'll talk about the medications. It will give all kinds of scientific information. You don't have to read 200 pages of protocol, but you are going to find sections that are going to guide you through your practice. 
to get everything done you need to do and to put your role into action. And it's very satisfying to connect with the people who want to do this research, the providers, and help those patients understand the process. A lot of the work that you do seems very detail-oriented. I said there's lab samples you might have to have collected. You may get to draw those yourself, or you might be able to take the patient to the lab and have it done. And you then collect the samples and are actually going to send them off. There's things I did, like spinning samples in the centrifuge, that I'd never done before as a nurse. But you kind of learn. So being a research nurse allows you to learn a whole lot more. And you get to work on your delegation skills because you're going to have other people in the office that will have specific roles. And some of the things like preparing and storing lab samples or collecting that tissue sample that's already in the pathology department might be things you can delegate. But as the research nurse and working with a specific study, you need to make sure all these things are done per the protocol. You have lots of references to help you. And a lot of those things are done behind the scenes The patient doesn't even know what goes on once they have their blood drawn. There are other things where you are the facilitator so the patient knows the schedule. And you are, like I said earlier, telling the nurses what exactly needs to be done when the patient comes in for treatment. One thing I found was challenging that could end up making us be like deviated from protocol, even if it's very minor. You want to stay compliant with protocol as much as possible. But I found that not everyone knew when the patient needed to come back especially if their treatment was done, they'd had their course of therapy for six weeks or 12 weeks, and now they were in follow-up. They needed to have another CT scan done after their treatment was done. And then at a certain schedule after that, it's not unusual. People get scanned periodically when they're not on a study to screen for follow-up to see if any disease has recurred that can be seen on a CT scan or a PET CT scan. But when you're on a study, The patient really does have to be following the follow-up schedule for the trial. So you really are the one that's helping everyone know what the schedule is for follow-up. Otherwise, the physician may not know exactly what the schedule is for follow-up and tell the patient something else. Or they may refer the patient right to you, and you are then making sure that everyone is scheduled as they should be. It's a lot of coordinating. So just to say that the role is never dull, It's the truth. And you have flexibility in your job. But you might feel like sometimes the job is very demanding. It is. You're constantly learning new things. And what I found is that if you're not careful, the data entry, the data collection, it does back up quickly and you got to play catch up. And you will have people from the trial organization, the research organization that come and monitor the work you're doing because The goal is quality data, and so there's monitoring that goes on. And also, you will have audits periodically to make sure all the charts, all the data, everything is accurately entered. Also, you have learning opportunities to get oriented to the the role you're in. How would you learn to be a research nurse if you've never done this before? Some on-the-job training will probably be a big part of your work. Getting oriented to the process, what goes on in the department, and getting to know the studies that you've been asked to work with. You'll have someone that's going to work closely with you so you can start to learn how the work is done. And you're going to have opportunities to go to conferences and get trained. And there's online training. There's also organizations for clinical research. One of them is SOCRA, and I'll put it in the show notes, Society of Clinical Research Associates. 
It's not just nursing, but certainly it's a great opportunity to be in a professional organization that will help you learn more about the clinical research role. And if you're thinking that you'd like to move away from the bedside and go into a role that allows you flexibility with a lot of opportunities for work, you could even join Society of Clinical Research Associates, or SOCRA, in advance of looking for a job. And I have said before that when, when you're thinking about working in a specific practice area, you could join the professional organization for that practice area, like critical care medicine or cardiology, before you even have the job to get a little bit more familiar with what goes on in that area of practice. Same thing with research. If you're thinking that it might be an area where you want to explore jobs because you want to have more flexibility in your job or get away from night shift or holidays, joining a professional organization for clinical research is something to consider. So just to wrap up on all the positives of being a clinical research nurse, I'll just say there are many opportunities out there. And what those opportunities are, I couldn't even cover it in a day-long podcast. There's so much out there. It depends on what you're looking for. But if you just search clinical research nurse on the web or through LinkedIn, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, whatever site you go to to look for work, you'll find a lot of opportunities. The requirements for the job, second thing, some nursing experience and the job description will say registered nurse or registered nurse preferred or maybe a registered nurse. So you don't always have to be a nurse to do these jobs, but you have skills that will benefit the role and and you'll be using your nursing skills. You're gonna be asking questions, so interviewing the patient, doing some assessment. And I don't mean physical assessment, like head to toe, but asking questions about symptoms. You're gonna be teaching. You get to work with patients. Another reason that this is a great job, you get to connect with other nurses. Sometimes when people want to move away from the bedside, they're afraid that they will just lose their clinical skills or not get to connect with nurses, which is a lot of what I found really rewarding in my work is being with other nurses. You get to connect with nurses and you get to teach them as well. You get to help them do their job to support the patient's participation in research. And a story about why I loved research so much is just what I'm going to share with you as we conclude today's episode. One of my last inpatient jobs was in a research hospital. So it's the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. It's a biomedical research hospital. Everyone that went there as a patient was on a trial. So I got to see early phase trials, phase one and phase two. And that would mean those were some of the first times those medications were given to humans. And the number of people in the studies is very small. It was rigorous work, and we did a lot of lab draws to understand the blood levels and what the drug did in the body. It was the foundational work that I had in clinical research. And then I, a few years later, I worked in an outpatient setting as a clinical trials coordinator. And that's where I get a lot of the experience I've shared with you about working with the team, working with patients from the time they're even referred for a study and gathering all the pieces that go into protocol compliance. And the the human subjects piece was something I had from all my research, I should say, and some courses I was able to take when I worked at NIH. And there are some requirements to keep up on good clinical practice and other certificates and training when you're working in clinical trials. So I learned more and I kept current with 
what was required for me to be working in research. So what I also saw working outpatient as a clinical trials coordinator, I wasn't treating patients, but I learned about different treatment regimens for cancer types. And then eventually I left that job and I worked part-time in outpatient infusion. So then I was giving the treatments. And that's where I felt like I really walked the walk after all the years of, of seeing outpatient work and coordinating research, supporting the treating nurses. I then was in an outpatient infusion role and I'd been a nurse for quite a while, but I got to give the treatments and it wasn't a research job. I was an infusion nurse in a doctor's office, essentially, but I was giving treatment drugs to some of the patients who enrolled in clinical trials. And I did have to draw some extra labs on my patients when I accessed their line or put a peripheral IV in because there were research bloods that needed to be done. So the treatments I gave when I was an outpatient infusion nurse about, I finished that job. I went to that job about 10 years ago. They were some of the ones that had been in trial when I was a clinical research coordinator and when I worked in early phase research at NIH. The earliest drugs that I was giving to people, those agents, what they did in the body, some of them went forward and evolved into commercially marketed drugs that changed cancer care standards for people with different cancers. So I feel like over a course of about 15 to 20 years, I saw the very beginning to where it came to make a difference in the treatment and the outcomes of patients with cancer. I think that was a pretty amazing journey in my nursing life. And all along the way, I pivoted a little bit so that I had a job that worked well for me. And I kept building on the knowledge that I got in every role. I wish you the same journey in terms of finding new opportunities, getting new knowledge, and advancing your practice so that everything fits well for you in your nursing life. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the CareerWise Nurse podcast community. Do this by emailing belong at careerwisenurse.com. That's B-E-L-O-N-G at careerwisenurse.com. Join the CareerWise Nurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.